0: Chapters 40 and 41 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 1 by Palladius. Translated by E. A. Wallace Budge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 40 of The Holy Woman Melina the Great. Melina, the holy woman, who was worthy of all blessings, was of Spanish origin, and she grew up in Rome, for she was the daughter of Marcellinus a man who had held consully rank. Now her husband was a man who performed a large number of duties under the government, and she became a widow when she was 22 years old. Now this woman, having been held worthy to be seized upon by divine love, revealed the matter to no man, for she would not have been permitted to perform her own will, because she lived in the time of the rule of Valens, AD 364-378. through 378 and having arranged that he should be named the procreator of her son's affairs. She took everything which she possessed, which could be easily moved and carried off, and placed it in a ship with tried servants, both men and women, and sailed hastily to Alexandria, where she sold her property and changed it into gold. And she went into the Mount of Nitria, and saw the fathers, that is to say Pambo and Arsenius and Serapion the Great and Paphnutius of Skeet, and Isidore the Confessor, and Bishop of Hermopolis, and Dioscorus. And she remained with them for half a year, and she went round about through all that desert, and saw all the holy men, and was blessed by them. And when Augustus, who was in Alexandria, sent into exile to Palestine and Caesarea, Isidore, and Pisimius and Aldelphius, and Phisanias, and Paphnutius, and Pambo. Now with these also was Ammonius, that is to say, twelve holy bishops. This blessed woman clave unto them, and she ministered unto them of her own possessions. And when the servants whom she used to send unto them were stopped, this brave woman, according to what the holy man, Pisanius and Paphnutius, and Isidore, and Ammonius related unto me, or I used to hold converse with them, used to clothe herself in the garments of one of her servants, and to carry unto them late in the evening the food which they needed. Now when the governor of Palestine learned this thing, wishing to fill his purse, and hoping and expecting to make profit by her, he seized her and cast her into prison, being unaware that she was a woman of noble rank. Then she sent unto him a message, saying, I am the daughter of such and such a man and the wife of such and such a man. And I am the handmaiden of Christ. Do not treat lightly my poor garb and estate, for I have the power to exalt myself if it pleaseth me to do so. And thou hast no authority either to hamper me in this fashion or to carry off any of my property. Now in order that thou mayest not dare to do anything in ignorance and so fall under condemnation, behold, I send thee this message For it is meet that towards senseless and foolish men we should act in a masterful manner, and with pride, even as our noble rank enableth us to do, and should treat them as fools, and men of no understanding. And when the governor learned this thing, he apologized to Melina, and entreated her to forgive him, and he fell down and did homage unto her, and give orders that she should have the power to visit holy men without hindrance, and after the return of these blessed men from exile, this holy woman built a church in Jerusalem, wherein she dwelt for twenty-seven years, and wherein she had a congregation of sisters, who were in number about fifty. And moreover, the honorable nobleman Rufinus, who came from Italy and belonged to the city of Aquilia, clave unto her her whole life long. And he led a life of glorious works, and finally he was held to be worthy of the office of elder. Now among men, one would not quickly find one who was more understanding and gracious and pleasant than he. And Rufinius and Melina, during the whole of that period of 27 years, received and relieved at their own expense all those people who came unto Jerusalem to pray, bishops and dwellers in monasteries and virgins, and they edified and benefited all those who thronged to them. Now they healed the schism of the Paulinists, who were in number about 400 monks. And they all were heretics who fought against the Holy Spirit. And having made entreaty unto them, they turned them back unto union with the church. And they loaded with their gifts all the clergy who were in the cities. And they provided with food all those who were strangers and needy therein. In this manner, they ended their lives and they never became a stumbling block unto any man. Now as concerning the possessions of which she stripped herself, and the things, i.e. money, which she distributed, being hot as fire with divine zeal, and blazing like a flame with the love of Christ, I alone am not able to recount, for it belongeth also unto those who dwell in the country of the Persians to declare it. And there was no man who was deprived of her alms and gifts, whether he came from the east or the west or the north or the south. She lived in exile for 37 years, and her possessions sufficed for her to give alms to churches and to religious houses and to strangers and to those who were in prison. And meanwhile, her relatives and her kinsfolk were sending money unto her continually and to her own son, and those who had charge of her property also sent some of their own money unto her. And she never lacked anything, And during the whole of the time in which she was in exile, she never consented to the acquisition of a span of land. And she was never drawn to long for her son. And the love for her only child neither parted her nor divided her from the love of Christ. But through her prayers, her son attained unto perfect discipline and unto the ways and habits of excellence. And he became the son-in-law of honorable and noble people. And there also came upon him much power, and diverse positions of great honor. Now he had two children, one boy and one girl. Now after a long period of time had elapsed, when she had heard that the daughter of her son and her husband wished to be sanctified, and fearing lest they should fall into the hands of the heretics who would sow in them evil doctrines, and lest they should grow up in a life of dissolute luxury, that old woman, who was then sixty years old, embarked once again in a ship, and sailed from Caesarea, and after twenty days arrived in Rome. And while she was there, she converted and made to become a Christian, a man called Aperonianus, who was of exceedingly high rank, and was also a pagan, and she moreover persuaded him by means of most perfect admonition and exhortation to become sanctified, and also his wife, who was her own sister, and whose name was Avita to receive the garb of the followers of the ascetic life and to become prosperous in all patience in the labors of life of abstinence and self-denial. And she also strengthened by means of her excellent counsels the daughter of her own son, whose name was Melina, and her husband, whose name was Pinianius. And she also converted her daughter-in-law, whose name was Albina, And she persuaded all these to sell everything which they possessed, and to give the money to the poor. And she brought them out from Rome, and led them into the quiet and peaceful haven of the life and labors of asceticism. And she contended with all the women of senatorial rank, and with the women of high degree, and strove with them as with savage wild beasts. For the men tried to restrain her from making the women do even as she had done, that is to say, to prevent her from converting them and making them to forsake the worldly rank and position. And she spake unto them thus, My children, four hundred years ago it was written that the time was the last time. 1st St. John 2.18 Why do ye hold fast thus strenuously to the vain love of the world? Take ye heed, lest the day of the Antichrist overtake you, and keep not fast hold upon your own riches and possessions of your fathers. And having set free all these, she brought them to the life of the ascetic and the recluse. As for her grandson, Publicola, who was a child, she converted him and brought him to Sicily. And she sold the whole of the residue of her possessions, and taking the price thereof, came to Jerusalem. And having distributed it in a wise fashion, and arranged all her other affairs, after forty days she died at a good old age being crowned with an abundance of gratification and happiness. And she left in Jerusalem a house for religious folk and money for the maintenance thereof. Now therefore, when all those who clave unto her had gone forth from Rome, the great barbarian whirlwind, which had also been mentioned in ancient prophecies, came upon the city, and it did not leave behind it even the statues of brass, which were in the marketplaces, For it destroyed by its barbaric insolence everything whatsoever. And it so thoroughly committed everything to destruction that the city of Rome, which had been crowned and adorned for twelve hundred years with edifices and buildings of beauty, became a waste place. Then those who, without contention, had been converted by means of her admonition, ascribed glory unto God, who, by means of a change in temporal affairs, had persuaded those who did not believe her. For whilst the houses of all the latter were plundered, the houses of those only who had been persuaded by her were delivered. And they became perfect burnt offerings unto the Lord through the care and solicitude of the blessed woman Melina. And it happened by chance that I and they once traveled together from Alina to Egypt. And we were accompanying on our journey the gentle virgin Sylvania, the sister of Rufinius, a man of consular rank, and Jovenianius was also with us. Now he was at that time a deacon, and subsequently he became bishop in the church of God in the city of Ascalon. And he was a God-fearing man and was exceedingly well-versed in doctrine. And it came to pass that a fierce and fiery heat overtook us on the way, and we came to Pelusium, that we might rest therein, And Jovinianius, who was worthy of admiration, came by chance upon a trough for washing, and he began to wash his hands and his feet in a little water, that by means of the coolness thereof he might refresh himself after the intensity of the blazing heat. Then having washed himself, he threw on the ground a sheepskin, whereon he might rest from the labor of the journey. And behold, the Mighty One among women stood up over him like a wise mother, and in her simplicity rebuked him by her words, saying, Seest that thou art still in the heat of thy youth, how canst thou have confidence that by means of carefulness on thy part thou wilt be able to resist the natural heat of the constitution of the body which still burneth in thy members? And dost thou not perceive the injurious effects which will be produced in thee by this washing? Believe me, O my son, for I am this day a woman sixty years old. From the time when I first took upon myself this garb, water hath never touched more of my body than the tips of the fingers of my hands, and I have never washed my feet or my face or any one of my members. And although I have fallen into many sicknesses and have been urged by the physicians, I have never consented nor submitted myself to the habit of applying water to any part of my body and I have never lain upon a bed, and I have never gone on a journey to any place reclining on a cushioned litter. Now this wise and blessed woman also loved learning, and she turned the nights into days in reading all the books of the famous fathers. I mean to say the works of the blessed Gregory, and of the holy man Stephen, and of Piraeus, and of Basil also, and of other writers more than 250,000 sayings, And she did not read them in an ordinary fashion, or just as she came to them. And she did not hurry over them in an easy and pleasant manner, but with great labor and with understanding she used to read each book seven or eight times. And because of this she was enabled, being set free from lying doctrine, to fly by means of the gift of learning, or doctrine, to great opinions. And she made herself a spiritual bird, and in this wise was taken up to Christ her Lord, And may he, in his mercy, grant unto us through her prayers the power to act mightily, even as she did. And may we see her with all the saints who love him. And with them may we lift up praise to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Chapter 41 Of the Blessed Woman Melania the Younger Now inasmuch as I have already promised above to relate the history of Melania the Younger it is meet that I should pay my obligation, for it is not just that I should consign to oblivion a young woman who, though so very young in her years, by reason of her indefatigable zeal and knowledge, was very much wiser than the old women, or that I should omit to make manifest by words the history of one who, though a girl in statue, was old in the mind of the fear of God. Now therefore the parents of this maiden drew her by force into marriage, and they united her unto one of the nobles of Rome. But she kept in mind continually the words which had been spoken unto her by her aged relative, and she kept herself as was fitting, and became strengthened especially in the fear of God. And she had two sons. As both of them died, she came to be possessed of such a hatred of marriage that she said unto her husband, whose name was Pacinianius, the son of Severus, a man of consular rank, If thou wishest to live with me a life of purity, I will regard thee as the husband and lord of my life. But if, inasmuch as thou art a young man, this is too hard for thee, take everything which I have, and leave only free to me my own body. For in this way I shall be able to fulfill my desire which is in God, and I shall become the heir of the excellences of that woman after whose name I have been called." For if God desired me to lead the life of this world, he would never have taken away the children to whom I give birth. And when they had been for a long time debating the matter, at length God had mercy upon that young man, and he placed in him the zeal of the fear of God to such a degree that he also sought to be excused from all the material things of this world. And thus was fulfilled the word which had been spoken by the apostle, saying, How knowest thou, O woman, whether thou shalt give life to thy husband or not? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt give life to thy wife or not? 1 Corinthians 7.16 Now when she was married to her husband, she was about twelve or thirteen years old, and she lived with him for seven years, for she was twenty years of age when she withdrew from the world. First of all, she bestowed all her raiment of silk upon the holy altars, which also did Olympias, the handmaid of Christ, and the remainder of her apparel of silk she cut up and made it suitable for the service of the church in other ways. Her silver and gold she entrusted to an elder whose name was Paul, who was a monk from Dalmatia. And she sent it by sea to the countries of the east, I mean to Egypt and the Thebad, to the amount of 10,000 derricks. And she sent in this manner 10,000 derricks to Antioch, and to the countries which were nigh thereunto. But to Palestine she sent 15,000 derracks, to the churches which were in the islands, and to the people who were in exile she sent 10,000 derracks, and to those who were in the west, I mean in the churches, and in the monasteries there, and the houses for the reception of strangers, and to all those who were in want she distributed her gifts with her own hands. And I speak as before God when I say that she must have given away four times these amounts besides, and that she snatched away her money from Alecrius, her confidential servant, as from the mouth of a lion. And those who wished to be free among her servants, she gave freedom to about 8,000 in number, and on the remainder who had no wish to have their freedom, or who rather preferred to remain in the service of her brother, she bestowed 3,000 derricks. All the villages which she had in Spain, and in Aquitania, and in the island of Tarragon, and Gaul, she sold as well all those which she had recovered in Sicily, and in Campania, and in Africa, and she received the proceeds thereof, in her own hands, so that she might give them to the monasteries and churches, and all those who were in want. Such was the wisdom of Melania, this lover of Christ, and such was the mature and divine opinion which she adopted in respect of the weighty burden of these riches. And her manner of life was thus. She herself ate once a day, though at the beginning she ate once in five days. And the young women who she had converted and who lived with her, she commanded to partake of food every day. And there lived with her also the mother of Albania, who observed the same rule of life and who distributed her possessions among the needy after the manner of Melania. And sometimes they dwelt in the plains of Sicily and sometimes in the plains of Campania. And they had with them fifteen men who were eunuchs and a proportionate number of virgins who ministered as servants. And Pininius, who had once been her husband, was now one who helped in the work of ascetic excellence and was her associate. And he dwelt with three hundred men who were monks, and read the holy scriptures. And he enjoyed himself in the garden, and conversed with the people. Now these men who were with him helped and relieved us in no slight degree. And we were very many in number, when we were going on our way to Rome, on behalf of the blessed man, John the Bishop. For they received us with the greatest goodwill, and they supplied us with provisions for the way in great abundance and they sent us on our way in joy and gladness. And their kinsman, whose name was Pamachius, a man of consular rank, withdrew from the world, as did they, and he lived a life which was pleasing unto God, and during his lifetime he distributed his possessions among the needy, and left them to them after his death, and thus he departed unto the Lord. In like manner the man Macarius and Constantinius, who was the assessor of the prefects in Italy. Now they were well-known men, and men who merit mention, arrived at the highest pitch of ascetic excellence, which I describe even as it is, and they abide in the body at this present, and lead a life of glorious and divine deeds, and are awaiting the perfect life which is full of happiness. End of chapters 40 and 41